0: Welcome back to another episode of the Cast Patrol Podcast. We're privileged today to be joined by another special guest. In this week's episode, we have Zach Purton. We have the best jockey in the world, in my opinion, top five guaranteed, five-time Hong Kong jockey premiership champion and winner of 38 Group 1 races. Mr. Zach Purton, welcome to the show, and how are we today?
1: I'm pretty good. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me.
2: No worries. Yeah, well, appreciate your time, Zach, we know how busy you are. Um, So we'll get straight into it. How did you get into the racing industry? How did it all start?
1: Yeah, so from uh, as far as I can remember, I've always had an interest in horses. Uh, Whenever I was at my friend's houses and they had a horse in the paddock, I'd always want to go and try and get on it. Um, And then I was always good at sports. Uh, And then when I was about 14, I was, you know, everyone else was growing and I was staying the runt that I am. And I bet parents took me along to a jockey seminar. I was living in Coffs Harbour at the time, so we went to Kempsey, which was an hour and a half away. And it meant I could have the day off school, so of course I jumped at that. <laughs> went down there, I was the smallest and lightest kid. Um, and they placed me with the trainer at Coffs Harbour, and, and I went from there. So from 14 and a half, I walked into the stable, and then started to uh, pursue my career.
0: Wow, was it love at first sight with the horses? As soon as you sort of jumped on one, it was like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Or did you have any other ambitions, sort of, at that age? Uh, the
1: only other thing I can ever remember wanting to be is a truck driver. I like a truck driver. That-, <laughs> that on the front, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that would have gone on for me, but uh, I think I made the. Right decision, right move. It's worked out pretty well.
0: Well, it has, yeah. Um, and was it natural as well, like jumping on for the first time and then eventually starting your career so early on?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I always had that love and that affinity for the horses and had a good um, sense of balance. And uh, I remember when I was first learning to ride and first riding, that um, a lot of people mentioned to my parents that they thought I had really good balance. They hadn't seen a kid with the balance that I had on a horse before. So I obviously just had that natural ability right from the start and um, that certainly helped.
3: Zach, how did racing in Sharting come about?
1: So my favourite jockey in Hong Kong uh, in Australia was a jockey called Corey Brown. Um, and I used to, when I was riding around the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, I used to watch him ride in Sydney, of course, and then he moved to Hong Kong. So then on a Sunday, I'd watch him, and and that's basically where my interest for the racing here come from and started to grow. And then um, when I was in Brisbane, I won the premiership there as an apprentice. I got approached to come to Hong Kong then. But wisely enough, I knew I wasn't quite ready for it, so I knocked it back, waited a few more years until I felt like um, I I would be able to handle this place and and then make the move.
2: Yeah, obviously, you've been very successful in Hong Kong, Zach, um, for, you know, the last 10, 15 years that you've been there. Is there is a plan to come back to Australia at some stage or, or what's, uh, what's sort of the plan moving forward? Are you happy to yeah. stay in Hong oh. Kong and dominate? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Australia is home. Australia is always going to be home, although I feel like Hong Kong is also home. This is yeah. um, probably the longest place I've actually ever lived in in the same place. So, i oh, wow. I'm very grounded and very secure and safe here and very comfortable, but... Um, we are from Australia, and, and we do want to go back home at some stage, whether that's going to be um, at the end of this season, the end of the following season, um, or whenever it's going to be. I'm not quite sure. We don't have an exact date on it yet. But, um, yeah, I, I will, we'll be moving back to Sydney. That's, uh, mm. that's where our is and that's where my wife is from.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like Obviously, you've been there for a while now, and you say it's your second home. Have you picked up the Cantonese language yet? Are you fluent? <laughs>
1: It's a very difficult language. When I first came, I was getting lessons once a week, every week for the first six months.
2: And after six months, I went to a dinner and
1: there was 12 other people there. And I asked them how to say something and they started arguing amongst each other on how to say it. And I said, well, I don't know it. I said, how am I ever going to learn it? So
0: I just gave up there. Oh, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's hard enough that they can't learn it. Well, I can it. But have you got a favorite phrase to say that you've picked up, maybe around some trainers giving you a spray or something like that? Uh, yeah, there's
1: a lot of swear words. You certainly <laughs> learn them first. Um, but no, I just, just, when, whenever I was in a taxi previously, I had a driver now, which drives me around, but in the taxis, you always used to say fighty fighty, which just means faster. So I was always telling them to go faster.
0: <laughs> Do you say it to your horses as well? <laughs> yeah, I say it to the horses. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: what would you say, Zach's the, the difference between the Australian racing and, and, and racing in, in Hong Kong? would you... yeah,
1: so it's quite, quite similar because we have a lot of um, administrators from Australia that is here and yeah. uh, the, whole, the the way the horses are trained there suits the way the horses are trained here. So it's a lot about speed, but our racing is very tight. Um, I would say here our races are run more genuinely, a little bit faster. Yeah. the ground race is firmer um, and, and the racing is, is you know it's a, a little bit more competitive I would say. so and then because the handicapping system is so tight as well, that yep. um, you know, you really can't afford to make too many mistakes in a race to be able to win. So um, every time you go out there, you just got to make sure you nail it and get it right.
3: Uh, when you first got over the the Tin, it would have been tough, like by yourself, getting off the plane. Did anyone help you, any trainers or jockeys when you first arrived?
1: Yeah, so it was a weird one. I, I'd never been to Hong Kong before. Um, so I, I might have had a bit of a false sense of what it might have been like, but I remember the first day, I got here, they basically dumped me in the apartment um, and said, all right, go to the track the next day, and um, I walked down there, and I walked out, and I just didn't recognize anyone, I didn't know anyone, all I think was a heap of Chinese people walking around, I thought, wow, what have I done here? <laughs>
0: um,
1: but luckily for me, a couple of the trainers sort of took me under their wing and took me to the trainer stand, and then I started um, to meet the, the Western trainers that were there and got my, got my way around the local trainers, and... You know, it wasn't easy. It was really, really difficult. Um, they do things a bit differently now um, as time goes on. Obviously, um, any business evolves and now they uh, have a manager to help the jockey out for the first two or three months. And his job also is to take you around and introduce you to everyone. So it's a little bit more comforting now. You get a little bit more help and support than when I first got here and was just dropped in the ocean. But um, I suppose you, you got to learn to swim. And I I've worked that out.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned how competitive uh, the racing is in Hong Kong. Talk us about or talk us through the premiership battle between you and Marrera over the last five years or so. How's that been for yeah. you?
1: So every premiership has been diff- different. Um, yep. obviously you have a different support base with the trainers that might come on board or drop you. As yeah. you time on, you have a, a different uh, group of horses that you're riding, um, different uh, race conditions, different physical um, you know ailments oh, obviously Joe has, has um, you know got um, some injuries he's been dealing with recently uh, as of I so it's been difficult for both of us um, but yeah it's, it, it's um, each season brings a, a new set of challenges um, he's a phenomenal phenomenal rider um, he does a lot of things really really well he's, he's very hard to beat so it hasn't been easy to go toe to toe with him but I've enjoyed the challenge and um you know, we, we sit um, you know, quite quite even in what we've been able to, to achieve.
0: Do you, do you think the battle between you and Jamarera has been more competitive than between Douglas White and yourself when you first sort of started at in?
1: Yeah, I think it has. Um, the battle with Douglas White um, probably didn't last too long. I spent <laughs> a number of years building my support base up and getting myself in a position where I was able to challenge him for the championship. Uh, the year before I won it, I felt like I was going to beat him. And at that time, I rate the fastest fifty or fastest hundred winners in Hong Kong history. So I hit the ground running. Uh, I know the year before I won it, um, I was in front, and we were we were going head to head with about six weeks to go. And I got kidney stones, so I ended up in hospital and then operated so well. And anyway, I went from being basically level with him to I come back and I was about seven or eight winners behind him, and there was like four meetings left. Yeah, and he beat me. And he came out and he said, "I enjoy the challenge, blah blah blah." And I said, How, "How's that challenge? Like <laughs> timelines? That's that's not a challenge." So <laughs> I told myself to let him know I was going to take him down the next season, and that's when I come out and I wrote the fastest fifty or one hundred winners in Hong Kong history at that time, and and I was off and gone. Uh, and then we start in the middle of September, and I think the middle of October, Moreira arrived that season. So then he come on board then. He was my main competitor, not Douglas White. So I really only had maybe 12 or 18 months of going head-to-head with him until he was uh, well back in the uh, rearview mirror.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. How many more years until you reckon Jow, you like push him off and he stops riding?
1: Well, yeah, it's an interesting one, right? So he's obviously not here at the moment. um, He's got a couple of... uh, He's got a couple of injuries. He's battling, but also some mental demons as well. Yeah. Uh, and his his wife apparently uh, doesn't want to come back to Hong Kong. She wants to wow. stay. So whether he's prepared to come back here here without his wife and family, mm. you know, that's that's what he's yeah. got a way out. So you know, there is a chance I, I may not ride against him on a regular basis again. Um, but then again, he, he might bite the bullet and come back. Uh, I'm not sure. So he, he's got to work that out.
0: Yeah, well, is there any other jockeys in the world that you'd like to race against? I know um, you've mentioned before that you liked racing against Ryan Moore, but is there anyone else that um, you'd be wanting to see come across?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's uh, it suits me with them not being here, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit easier. But if, if if I had to compile a list of top riders around the world that you know uh, would be great to go to. Head to head with every week. Obviously, you've got Ryan Moore, you have Detour, Sumion, Hugh yep. Bowman, James McDonald, Jamie Cars, obviously, been doing really well. Um, the American Dockies, I sort of don't know too much about. They have a different style of racing over there, so might be a little bit diff- different for them here. The Ortiz brothers over there do really well. Um, yeah, so if, if you can put all of them on the same racetrack every week, like they do in Formula One, go <laughs> ahead. <and> <laughs> Uh, it would be very interesting.
3: Would you be number one pole?
1: I'd like to think so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think so. And,
1: and I, I floated it to the Jockey Club, actually, to get the, the Netflix series uh, of producers to come to Hong Kong and yeah, and create that same series on what we have here because we have the same two tracks every week. We have the same full yeah. of, of trainers, same horses racing around. So I, I thought it would be, of all the places in the world, it would be the best place um, to have a, a, that type of documentary, whereas in Australia, you've got too many different tracks and states and um, trainers and horses and, you know, it's just, just all over the joint. But here it's so confined that I thought it would work, but um, our is uh, our not too keen on getting
0: it done. So. <laughs> We'd yeah. watch it 100% Lovely. if it ever came, yeah, came yeah, to that's fruition. That's a great <laughs> idea. Love that. Yeah, well, all,
1: all the uh, the fly on the wall, behind the scenes stuff, yeah, that'd be very interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like yeah. all the banter in the jockey room and that. Is there much yeah, um, much banter?
1: It's, it's my, the out,
0: so. <laughs> are you just psyching them all out before You're a the race? Bit of a pest, are you?
1: Yeah, there's there's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the Aussie way of life, right? So yeah. we love
2: that. How do they take it over there, the jockeys? They're a big fit. They enjoy uh, it? At,
1: they, to, to begin with, they didn't know how to take it, but now they have got you. <laughs> like to have a little bit of a laugh, but I did work out one thing with Marrero. Right? Every time I try to G him up and mentally psych him he'd yeah. out, he come out right.
0: Winners,
3: so, I stopped. <laughs> 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 so rule number one, don't yeah. piss off Merera before don't the rest. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well you've had um plenty of wins obviously in your career, Zach. Is there a win that, that stands out above, above above the rest? So there's probably not
1: one that stands out. You know, there yeah. are there are a few highlights and great moments. Um, if if you ask about which horse may have propelled me to the next level here in Hong Kong, I'd have to say Little Bridge. Yeah. So he was Race horse that come to Hong Kong, and I seen him at track one morning and I liked the look of him, so I asked the trainer if I could ride him, and fortunately I was able to get that ride. And he was a phenomenal horse. I won six of his first seven starts on him. Wow. Uh, and then obviously we went to Royal Ascot and we won the King's Dance Stakes. Yep. Um, we went to Japan after that. We raced competitively here in Hong Kong. He was not the same horse around the corner as he was up the straight. He it was, it was a great horse up the straight. So I didn't quite get, get to the Group 1 level here in Hong Kong, although it was Group 1 placed. Yeah. But Royal Ascot obviously put him um, on, on the pedestal that he, he deserved to be on. But he was the horse that really helped put me into, into that level and give the other owners and trainers confidence to give me a chance on the better horses.
0: And what what a horse he was, Um, speaking of good horses, do you ever look at the odds of the horses you're riding every Saturday? Because for most people chasing their tail on a Saturday night in Australia, they turn to Tin to win back some of their pennies, and uh, you seem to be riding 80% of the favourites at every card. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that's just because of the support I've got, right? so. To put yeah. that into balance and context, and then the other jockeys obviously complain about that all the time as well and say, <laughs> I just ride the favorites, but I, said, <laughs> but, uh, I, I whatever I call them, I was, <laughs> I <about> to, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I said, let's see what price it starts next time. So, I a horse might start $15, $20, uh, $25, and then I get on it, it's $4, or <laughs> it might be 10, 15 $20, and I get on it, $2. And then the next day when I'm not riding it, yeah. when one of these other Muppets get back on it, it's twenty to <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's uh, the price is sort of reflective uh, you know, with just with the support that I have. So yeah. it's it's easy for people to say, Oh, you just write all the favorites, but they're actually not looking at the form properly. There are so many people in Australia here in Hong Kong that just go, All right, Zach's on that horse. So I'm gonna bet on it.
2: He's and, and they're, we're gonna bet oh, like, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on that, Zach, I think the other week Beauty internal. There's just a few clips going around saying that it's probably been the sickest beat. Did you just want to, or how did you see the the run? Like, did you just want to walk us through that race?
1: Yeah, so obviously it was disappointing. Um yeah. But I, I knew at the 900 meter mark, I was I was in a spot of bother because I was oh, stuck, yeah. just going nowhere. Yeah. And I would have liked to have been able to push out, but I had a horse outside being a horse three wide. So if I had to just pushed out, I would have caused interference, got suspended, yeah. maybe brought so it wasn't really an option at that stage and I had Matthew Chadwick um, outside the horse that was in front of me on the second yeah. favourite and the he, he and the horse in front of me lost five lengths from the rest of the, the horses up in front of them Yeah, and uh, Chadwick was just staying back and he said afterwards he stayed back to keep me in the pocket so he wasn't trying to win the race he was just trying to make sure I could win oh, oh, <laughs>
2: wow. really? and
1: that's, that's one of the other things that I have to battle here all the time I've always got a a um a, a target on my back. A lot of the yeah. jockeys, unfortunately, think if they beat me, then they can win the race. But they forget that they might beat me, but they're costing themselves a race as well. Yeah. yeah. They're not talented enough to be able to do both at the same time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Obviously,
1: um, uh, when I come into the straight, I the horse in front of me appeared as if it was going to shift out. Yeah. And he did shift out slightly, so I went to take the run inside him. But no sooner did he shift out, he shifted back in yeah. and bite me up on the fence. And my horse, having his second start, got a little bit frightened from the fence mm. and shifted out a touch. If I was on an older horse that raced through, I would have been able to get through that inside run without clipping heels to start with. Yeah. And then if I had that momentum I, earlier, I, I would have still been able to, to win the race. And, and then obviously after that, I, I thought I had a wall of horses in front of me, so I'd come out trying to find some clear room. And yeah. uh, it was just it was one one mistake after another. It was yeah.
0: it was not it was, a good field. It, si- it was not <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it wasn't a good <laughs> watch, and yeah, day. I can't imagine yeah it where you were going. Should have won through. by the length. Um, but he's obviously
2: he's he's a horse of um, that looks to be of ability. Where do you think he'll get to? Um, in
1: listen, I, I don't like to get too carried away with horses because yeah. they they let down more than they um, more than they, they reach the heights that you, you think they're going to. But he he obviously showed there that. You know, not, not only has he got ability, he's got a good turn of foot, but he's very brave. Yeah. <laughs> that last run that he was he was trying to take where there was no room at all, he, he yeah. was trying to get there. So, for also his second start, I thought it was a very good effort. And, and I don't think 1,200 is his right distance either. I think yeah. as he gets up over meters, 1,600 metres, um, we're going to see an even better horse. And that's going to help him at the start as well because he doesn't have that speed early. Yeah. He's sort of getting in awkward positions because he can't put himself in the right spot.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of good horses, if Group One winners, we touched on it before. Thirty eight in your career. How do you prepare yourself for the big day when you know there's Group Ones coming up?
1: Yeah, so it's exciting. That's why we do it, right? Because we want to compete at the top and, and we want to win the big races. Um, you know, unfortunately here in Hong Kong, we only have twelve Group One races a season, so it's really, really hard to win them. at, and um, because there's a lot of them are set weight races, it's a, even harder if you're not on the right horse. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's even even more difficult. So it, it's been a been a battle. It's been tough. Um, but I've had a lot of success around the world. I've, I've had Group One winners in Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, Cow, the UK. Yeah. So um, it's been pretty good. Can't complain.
3: Do you have any superstitions like before a race that you have to do every every race day?
1: I try not to have them, no, because I think when you, once you start thinking like that, then, then that's when the, the, the demons start to take over. So yeah. I prefer not to um, do anything. I have, a, I have a fairly solid routine on race day, but that's just because I'm uh, losing weight, doing form. Um, you know, the, the, just the timeline leading into a meeting is fairly consistent. Um, but uh, I don't have any superstitions, no.
0: And when you win these group ones like you do, is there a particular way that you celebrate a successful day in the saddle?
1: Yeah, it depends. It depends who's here and, and what race it is and whatever else. So, you know, quite often I just go home to the family. The sun, Sunday night's um, pretty much family night for us uh, and, and, a, and a quiet night after having a busy week, you know, with going for lunch or dinner with the owners and, having to sweat and go to the races on a wednesday night and do all those other things by the time we get to sunday it's my wife's chance to sit down at the table and, <laughs> and, and have me to herself so <laughs> yeah. like, mostly it's good, it's just family but um yeah I, I do enjoy having a beer and a champagne and and celebrating those moments with friends because that, that's why you do it right you, you have to have to enjoy
0: it you gotta have that balance for sure Yep. Well,
2: you mentioned earlier, Zach, about Little Bridge. Would, he, would you say he was your favourite horse to ride, Little Bridge?
0: Yeah, I've,
1: I've had different favourite horses over the time. At that yep. time, he was my favourite. Um, more recently, obviously, Beauty Generation was my favourite yep. and at the moment, His Fang was my favourite. So yep. one thing they have in common is that they're, they're very good horses, right? So <laughs> I prefer <incredible laughs> horses because they're in the best races. But yep. I like them because of the characters they had and the way they raced um, just to ride them, like, Uh, I just enjoyed riding them, so, um, and hopefully I'm going to enjoy riding Beauty Eternal going forward.
2: uh, (laughs) Well, speaking of, yeah, Beauty Generation, talk us through that relationship, because you've obviously won a lot of races with Beauty Generation. He was just a star of Hong Kong. Um, How was that?
1: He he was, um, he was unassuming in a way, because I rode him a year old here through the Derby Series, and he was just not quite there at that time. He was a little bit one-paced, and we kept trying to. Mind and he want to travel a little bit too keen, and then he, he wouldn't finish his races off. And I sort of kept saying to the owner, "Ah, oh, maybe he's just a group three horse. You know, that's that's about it." And then yeah. uh, I could ride him one day, and it was a wet track. And they, they asked Eric Long. He uh, he had a light weight um, from the outside gate, and they said just go forward and lead on him. And they yeah. did that. And he kept running, and then they're like, <laughs> of "Course, he's leading." So we did from then on. He just turned into the beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In Australia, a meat pie is an essential sporting snack, um, whether it be at the footy, the races or whatever. In Hong Kong, what's sort of the staple sporting snack that fans enjoy there?
1: Um, we don't have too many sporting things going on, right? So I, I don't I don't know what they have, like at a footy stadium or something like that. But um, obviously dim sum is, is high up on the list here. They all love yeah. that. The uh, ducks, the grouse. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're, they're just uh, like rice and pork and all that sort of stuff.
3: So, apart from yourself, we probably think you're the best jock in the world. But who would you say are the top three right now? And you've ra- to, you to order them and rank them. Show oh, us some more, Zach. Come on. It's,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's hard to rank, rank him. Obviously, J Max uh, destroying everyone in Australia at the moment. He's getting yeah. all the opportunities. But he's making all the right decisions, and yep. it's easy. So you know, he's, he's obviously right up there. Um, Ryan Moore And then You know you throw, throw in the other ones That I spoke about You know Frankie Huey Sumion So uh, And And, and Marrera So, uh, so He's not riding at the moment So We'll, uh, we'll put him on the bench But he, he's
0: yeah. in that mix. <laughs> um, I know things have gone A bit back and forth Between you and J-Mac recently uh, All the quotes Been clipped from you um, But what do you think Of these commentators Of jockey That say winning Cox Plate and Cups In Australia Is worth more than getting money overseas, um, like in your situation?
1: Yeah, I always see a lot of jockeys now that are retired. um, And I don't want to mention names because I don't want to be disrespectful to them, but you probably already know who they are, right? They're always (laughs) races and they're always budging off people and and doing like radio gigs or tipping gigs or things like that. And they've got nothing. They've got no money at all. Yeah, They they won Cox plays, they won Melbourne Calfs, they won trophies. And I guarantee you, I said trophies do not put food on the table. (laughs) Once <laughs> you retire, they mean jack shit. So, you know, if, if you're going to think about life after racing and what's what that is going to look like, you need money in the bank. And not everything is about money. Of course, we do things because we want to achieve things, we want to achieve goals, we want to be successful. And that is also very important. But if you're looking at it from a, a business aspect, then um, you, you've got to think about what your life is going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years' time.
3: Yeah, personally, I think it's crazy that these Aussie jockeys are not going to Hong Kong. Yeah. Like, the money's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, there's two reasons they don't, right? Like, one is they're, they're not confident they're good enough. And and for the vast majority of them, they aren't. So yeah, yeah. I understand why they don't want to come up here. Um, and it is a different lifestyle. But if you're in a position like JMAC, where you are good enough and you are going to get support, and you are going to do well, it just doesn't make, for me, it just doesn't make sense to stay in Australia.
3: 100%, yeah.
2: That's why you don't want to come back. He just wants to <laughs> stay. Yeah, come I don't to. want to stay back <laughs> <laughs> Um, Have you ever? or what's the biggest spray you've you've coped, Zach, during your uh, time I as say, a jockey? I, I,
1: I don't cop too many sprays. I, then, uh, I think because they know it doesn't really affect me. Right, I just laugh yeah. off the play. And, yeah.
2: but
1: if if I've copped a ride up um, and I know I've slaughtered it, I'll just come back in and say, oh, I won't be watching that replay or yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just some something like that. I I, I don't try to make um, excuses. It, it is what it is. Everyone can see, so you, you got to own it. And move on.
0: Um, is there some best racing advice that someone's ever given you? Whether that be when you started out in Brisbane or. Even to today, still getting advice. I doubt it though.
1: <laughs> yeah. So no, the the best piece of advice I ever got uh, was from Gerald Ryan, and I was speaking to him at the time. Um, I can't. I think I was in Sydney at the time, and I asked him who he thought the best jockey in Australia was, and he said it's very simple. He said it's the one that makes the least amount of mistakes. <laughs> and as soon as he said that, it dawned on me, and it all clicked. And I thought, all right, if if I want to be the best, I'm just got to make the least amount of mistakes. And it doesn't just apply to being a jockey, it applies in AFL, rugby league, NRL, whatever it is, right? So as a sportsman, if if you make the least amount of mistakes, uh, you're going to have the most amount of success.
3: That is some good advice. And what about some terrible advice or the worst advice you ever received?
1: (laughs) I get bad advice every day. (laughs)
0: Can you think of anyone that stands out?
1: I, I have a rule where I don't listen to uneducated people. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if I don't respect them, or if they're not in, um in a certain position, or if they're not in a position to be able to give, to give good advice, I don't listen to what they have to say.
3: That's fair. That is fair. Well, I think we've covered a lot of the racing and the jockey chat. Let's let's take you through a few of our segments. So we have a segment called This or That, which is pretty much Would You Rather. So <laughs> we just j- ripped it. We we've pretty much <laughs> stole it. So you just got to choose which side you'd rather be on. So, okay. this or that? Win on a short price fave or a long odds roughie? Sure, short price
1: fave.
3: Really? Oh, the don't,
1: odds don't worry. the odds don't worry me. I don't I don't bet. I'm allowed to bet. I don't bet. So, <laughs> I ride horses a dollar twenty and it wins. I'm
0: happy. You know that all the punters back yeah. in Australia are saluting in their multis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: putting drinks on the table. Uh, second one, this or that? Beauty generation. Or military attack
1: oh geez i'd say beauty because um you know he's a horse of the year he was you know, he, he did great things here he, he broke all the records at the time obviously golden 60 has come along since but yeah. we, we had a phenomenal run together
0: and speaking of military attack did you did you enjoy your time riding the horse obviously you had great success but how did, how did it rank for you
1: yeah no it was great it was it was up and down um because at that time i sort of had a love-hate relationship with john moore yeah. <laughs> um, mirror as a four-year-old, and um it wasn't quite up to them at that time. And then he come back the, the next season, and I remember I drew fourteen out of fourteen over the eighteen hundred at Chartin, and the horse had been getting back in his races. And I said to John, "I said I'd like to go forward, and you know, just try and get in somewhere." And I happened to roll forward, and no one else did, so I led, controlled yeah. the race, one by two or three, and I come back in, and John was jumping up and down saying, "That's a, a George Moore type ride, George Moore type ride." <laughs> I stuck with him and won a few Group One races, and then we got to the International Cup um, yeah. later the following year. And there was no speed in the race, but John had a couple of runners in the race, and I drew wide. And he said, "Just riding quiet, don't worry." He said, "I think the speed will be okay." Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I went back. They walked, and I ran home. I got beat three quarters of the length, and he said, "Oh, you went too far back, you know." Blah. blah. <laughs> and he, oh, he sacked me. Oh,
0: oh, uh, I saw I was,
1: that. I, I went from turning this average horse into an international group one because I followed his instructions.
0: Uh, <laughs> maybe that's the worst advice you ever yeah, received.
1: Yeah, maybe. And and then I, I didn't ride for John, for I reckon, for two years after that, and that was oh, only until yeah. the generation came along, yeah. and the owners told him that I was riding the horse, that I got back on it, and then obviously I started to win on him, so John started putting me on other horses, then, and then we had a phenomenal run towards the end of his career, <laughs> All right, far. <laughs> um, he's glad
2: just, to have yeah. you back. Just before we ke- uh, go into go the next one, you mentioned Golden Sixty before, Zach. Would you say he's the the best horse in Hong Kong at the at the moment? Golden Sixty.
1: Oh yeah, at the moment for sure, and he's been the best horse here for three seasons, and he yeah. quite possibly could be the best horse we have seen here as well. He, he's a unique horse in that he can quite often break twenty two seconds for his last four days. So if he sits out the back. And and you you think you're in a slightly run race and you're going to out sprint him, he still catches you. But if you roll along at good speed, he catches you anyway. So yeah. he's very hard to beat.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a gun. Also, next question: this or that? Being caught three wide or being three back the fence?
1: Oh, it depends the rail position and the track ice and what you're following and who's in the race and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I, I don't mind being three wide with cover, to be honest. Yeah. Um, especially in the rails in certain positions here because um, the fields can jam up um, and they and you just seem to get caught up inside so if you can just have the momentum and have that sweeping run like in Japan they prefer that but when I was riding in Japan I couldn't believe it I'd go to the races and I'd be drawing barriers one two or three and that Come and apologize for having a bad barrier. And I'm like, come <laughs> really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they'd be worried about the horse getting caught on the inside, but you'd do yeah. it 22, 23, 24, and they're like, oh, very good chance to. <laughs> <laughs> so their, their mindset is, is different. That's but, so crazy. Um, yeah, I, I I don't mind being in amongst the ruck either. I like riding for luck and coming between horses and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I find that quite exciting. I, I enjoy doing that. But um, yeah, it, it just depends on how the track is riding on the day.
3: Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Last one, this or that, sprint or staying races?
1: Oh, see, we don't have too many staying races here. Uh, All our racing is sprinter miler sort of based. Um, We have three races at 2400 per per season. So it's all sort of two thousand. So I'm going to have to say I'm in Hong Kong sprinting. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. love it. Love it. Speaking of staying races, the Melbourne Cup, it's obviously a goal of yours to win it. how do, you, how do you see your chance of, of ever coming about? Do you have yeah. to buy a ticket, budget some trainers? How?
1: <laughs> I don't know how to do it. You know, I have have that one out. But I felt like I was building towards winning it. Like the, yeah. the last two times I rode in it, I ran third and fourth. So I was, I was sort of getting there and I, I thought it was just a matter of now finding the right horse and uh, I don't know. It's just hard when, when you're based here because yeah. I can't be on the lead-ups down there and then. The yeah. Australian jockeys have the Australian horses sewn up and then the Europeans like to take their jockeys down sometimes and it's, it's, yeah. it's
0: just to get
1: the right horse. So yeah. i am really, really slim, but I would really, really like
2: to win. Yeah. Do you, do you get called upon much, Zachary, for for like the spring carnivals, the autumn carnivals here? Like um, you've obviously haven't uh, been here for a while, but yeah, do you get asked to come down? Or?
1: Yeah, well, due to COVID the last three years, we haven't, yeah. I haven't been Able to go anywhere so i sort of put pay to that but this spring carnival just gone i did have some phone calls to go down but i just wasn't comfortable with those horses and yeah and yeah. didn't end up going it's, it's a long way to go if i don't think the horse is worth going for so yeah um yeah
0: uh, we recently actually bought a share of a horse uh, with Pulse Racing Thoroughbreds and it's called Gorilla Gorilla. So we want to know if you'd be happy to jump on board <laughs> yeah. on a BM58 on a Wednesday at Kembla Grange. Send the private jet on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too easy. Well, we'll give you a call. We're holding you to it. Uh, one private jet away. Uh, just to finish off because uh, we are cautious of time and we thank you so much for coming on. We've uh, prepared a little quiz to see how well – Zach Purden knows his racing career.
1: Jeez, here we go. I'm going to hey, let myself
0: put the thinking cap on, as they say. Here we go. <laughs> first question What was the name of the first runner, uh, first runner you ever rode?
1: Oh, was it our girl?
0: Yeah, it was. Well done. Yeah. All the way back I then.
1: I wasn't sure if it was my first ride in a race or my first barrier trial. It might have actually been both. But yeah. she, she was like, uh, you know, 1,400 pounds, really big. Man, yeah, beautiful to ride. Um, do you
0: remember the year, the date, anything? <laughs> so
1: someone told me the other day it was in 1999. I, oh, I yes. know I wrote my first winner in May
0: of 2000. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. Uh, second question, this is an easy one, we thought we'd give you one. What was your first Group 1 win?
1: Excites at Round for Guy Walter. Yeah,
0: yep. do you know the year?
1: Oh, so I was in Sydney, so I must have been...
0: 2006, yeah, yes. very had a good. T- in the AJC Sires Produce Stakes, do you remember much about your first Group One? How you celebrated or anything like that?
1: I remember the race because I was back near last. Um, horse hit the fence at about the six or eight hundred meter mark and nearly went through it, and it skittled most of the runners in the field. And as they shifted out, I sucked through the inside, went <laughs> to about fourth or fifth very quickly. Oh, wow, so, yeah, yeah, I, I got quite lucky, but. Um, yeah, I don't even remember how I celebrated. Um, no, no doubt back in those wild days, I would have celebrated well. well
0: it's probably telling that you don't remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. the celebrations. <laughs> All right, number three. What is the number of the most ever winners you have ridden in a season?
1: Uh, so that was here in Hong Kong, 168.
0: Bang! In what season?
1: Oh shit! Uh, it wasn't too long ago, so. Uh, here's what it is. Hang on, I won last year. Backtrack three three seasons ago,
0: yeah. 2018 and 2019 season.
3: you're on a roll three out of three here. (laughs) Which horse has the most prize money you've ever ridden?
1: Uh, I'd have to say Beauty generation,
3: yeah.
0: Oh, you're good. good. Do you know how much Hong Kong dollars won or Australian dollars?
1: Oh. I did look at this the other
0: day. And I we'll give you closest to five, five million. Uh, was it 130? Ooh, less. A bit
3: less. It was 106. 106 million. million.
0: 106 Hong Kong so. dollars. Okay. Uh, right. 18 wins in 34 starts. Wow. Crazy. And Dang. the final question, which should be recent to you most wins at a single meeting in Sha
1: Yeah, seven, so. That was, uh,
0: that was a good day out. Uh, seven wins out of ten. How? How does that happen apart from writing every short price fave on the card? <laughs> As the other jockeys would say. Not me. Not us. Don't shoot us, that. Yeah, it's we'll, almost
2: not fair, Zach. <laughs> we were on him, so we're happy. <laughs> I,
0: I just
1: make it look
2: easy, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you too so, good. It looks, no, looks it, was, it was a
1: good day. And, and there, were, there were three horses that run close that uh, – or could have won as well. So I could have had another couple of winners. And and then it was only recently, I think I had three or four winners on the day in three or four seconds as well. So with a little bit of luck, I
2: could have had another
1: seven that, that day. Um, but I've had a lot of bad, I'm, everyone's saying I'm I'm crying poor, but I am. I've had a lot of bad barriers. <laughs> so when the barriers come together, getting the right spots in the right run races, yeah. I reckon I would probably ride another six or seven in a day, hopefully coming up.
2: How's, how, how's California Spangle going? You going well?
1: He's going really well. Yeah. yeah. So, getting back on his back. Um, <laughs> dude, that he is. Uh, and then, obviously, looking forward to for what lies ahead for him. Uh, yeah. it's an exciting, so, hopefully, he can just take that next step. That's, yeah. um, that's the exciting part. We'll see how we go.
0: And is this number six, the sixth Hong Kong Premiership? Is this it, the season?
1: Yeah, we got a long way to go. So you never put the cart before the horse. Um, as long as I, I can stay fit and healthy and, and complete the season. Obviously, um, you know, I was lucky to win the premiership last season. Having the fall and having the time off, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think I'd be able to get up and do it. But I always had in my mind that I was going to win it like that. From the moment I hit the, the, the track and was in the ambulance, all I thought about was getting back out there to win that premiership and put myself in that position. So I never gave up. Um, but I just want to stay fit and healthy. Now I've had the terrible freeze the last few years, it's been really, really difficult physically, mentally, having to get up every day, put myself through pain to compete. It's not easy, but um, no one forces me to do it. I, I, I do it, um, but I, I just want to stay fit and healthy and just try and uh, run down the, the 170 winner mark this season. that That's my goal, try and set a new record.
0: Let's do it, and we'll be on every single horse of yours, no matter how short they. are, From a dollar <laughs> ten to seventeen dollars, whatever they are. They won't be seventeen.
3: <laughs> uh, how much longer do you reckon your career will go for? In an ideal world, like how long would you want yeah, to be um, racing for?
1: Kind of, kind of coming to the end of it for sure. Um, yep. I, I have the luxury of being able to call time on my career when when I want to. Um, I'm not going to have anyone else tell me when I need to retire. I don't have to ride for five or ten more years like other jockeys might have to to keep paying bills. You know, I've had a successful career. I've I've done well, so I've been very fortunate. Um, But like I've said previously, recently, I can't see myself riding in two years' time. So enjoy me while it lasts.
0: Zach, thanks very much for joining us on another episode of the Cast Patrol Podcast. It's been amazing. So many stories shared. And uh, we thank you so much for giving us the time of day.
1: Anytime. Uh, Thanks, guys. And keep up the good work.